<laughs> What's going on, everybody? Today's guest on today's episode of The Burndown, we have someone that I actually met personally in Aruba on my honeymoon. His name is Dominic Calistro, owner of Bespoke Below. He owns a custom clothing company. Stay tuned because it's The Burndown. <laughs> Dominic, thank you for joining us on the Burndown Podcast. What's going on, brother? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You know, can't complain over here. Long, long time no see, my friend. Long time no see. So for I know, right? So for the people that need a little bit of background, or actually everyone that needs a little bit of background who's listening and watching, I met Dominic down in Aruba on my honeymoon. As soon as we checked in at our hotel and we kind of clicked like instantly right away he was already dappered up and i'm like who is this guy like trust of the nines checking in at the, at the hotel like i'm in like shorts and a freaking tank top <laughs> and uh i don't know i don't know if it was i i talked to you or or if my wife marissa and like you guys had a big family so i, I you guys might she might have talked to you first but i don't know it was so weird yeah, like, we just started clicking we were uh I mean, we were pretty loud while we're checking in. We're not a quiet group. And you got, I think we were kind of invading your space a little bit. It's just like we got like closer to you guys. It was like getting drawn in. And yeah. then from there, yeah, there we all started talking. And then before you know it, I might have dropped a comment like, yeah, I'll probably have a stogie on the beach later. And then uh, your wife just rolled her eyes. She goes, yeah. I guess I won't be seeing you the rest of the trip. <laughs> That's all you got to say is stogie, cigar, bourbon, beach. That's it. Gone. See ya. Oh, my God. You know, because, you know, you you guys are from Chicago. We're from New York. You know, a bunch of big Italian families. So, like, once we hear loud Italian people, you kind of just, like, kind of get drawn to each other. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, who would have who thought? Who would have thought? Right? So... We'll get a little bit more background on how we met and all the stuff we did in Aruba. But, you know, for the people who don't know who Dominic is, who is Dominic? What's he all about? Tell us your little bit of a elevator pitch you got for yourself. Oh, man. Jeez. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> Might have to do about do a couple extra takes. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. Oh, so, well, yeah. Right. Well, obviously, you know, it's been said I'm from Chicago, born and raised here. And, you know, grew up in an Italian family, just surrounded by good food, wine, and just, you know, appreciation for the finer things in life. And that's really what kind of drew me to the path that I'm currently on now and designing custom clothing. So my life in a nutshell is suits, cigars, going out eating drinking and just enjoying it to the fullest that's me in a nutshell i mean shit that don't sound like too bad of a, de- of a, might, of a we, life we might have a third partner on the burn down here <laughs> yeah right I, I might have to open up a shop in new york come on son so let's let's before we get into what bespoke is and and your company that that you that you run let's let us know what you're smoking if you're drinking anything what do you got going on tonight so um unfortunately i don't have a drink with me uh i should have snuck one in that's I okay have. i'm uh shout out to the byron cigar lounge i'm in their uh back vip lounge they got a little conference area they're letting me hang out here do the podcast um 
but they don't allow drinks. Uh, usually we bring it in a little Starbucks cup, you know, a little oh, wine. Yeah. Don't tell nobody. Hopefully they're not watching. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and then uh, as far as what I'm smoking, I'm smoking a Davidoff. I knew I was going to be on the, uh, the burn down and I got, you know, two dapper guys. I had to go big, had to get a nice stick. No Swisher sweets today. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good afternoon. I love so it, man. What, da- it. what Davidoff do you got there? Uh, this is just their uh, Grand Cru. Uh, <sighs> just kind of a, just a real staple here. You can't go wrong. Oh, that's a great stick. A that with a cup of coffee. Oof. Oh yeah. Oof. I mean, dude, you look you're looking like executive. You look, you know, you're in the VIP conference room, you're smoking a Davidoff. I love it. I love it. So what I'm Life smoking. Is good. It is good. Yeah, what do you guys got? So what I got, I actually received from you in Aruba, because coincidentally, your friend Tom and Steve from Never Ash. So again, some background. I I met Dominic down in Aruba. We started talking about cigars, and he's like you know, my buddy, my buddy has a company. He owns a cigar company called Never Ash. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'll follow him on Instagram. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then we kind of parted ways. And how I kind of developed a little bit of street cred with Dominic was, hey, I reached out to my buddy Steve and uh, he already follows you on Instagram. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So I was like, all right, I, I developed some street cred with this guy, Dominic. So now he knows I got to be somewhat legit with these cigars. So you were kind enough to give me one of his cigars. I'm not sure what kind of size this is, but it's kind of like a what would you call it? It's kind of like a you know what that looks like. I mean, I would probably they, call it just a they figurado. call that one. They call the figurado. Okay, so that's what I was gonna their, say. Yeah, all their cigars are named after the side. So they have a Churchill, they have a Robusto. That's the figurado, the torpedo. And then their first branded cigar is the 815, which is the zip code of Frankfurt, Illinois, where they started the company. Oh, that's cool. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, a personal so, touch to it. You know what that looks like? That kind of yeah. looks like there's a, um, a cigar company called Principal Cigars, um, and they have a an aviator line. is the name of the cigar, Aviator. And they have a size that looks just like that, and they call it the Snub Nose. Okay. I have no idea why they call it snub nose, but it's the same shape where it's it's tapered like a figurado and it comes down to the head and then it skinnies off again. It's kind of you know, it's got like it kind of grows towards the head, but then at the very last second it gets skinny yeah, again. It's, it's kind yeah. of that's exactly what it's like. So I'm interested to smoke it. So what do you got? And then I'm smoking uh this is the uh Caldwell Cigars Long Live the King. This is the uh Mad Mofo. So I actually, I actually gave Dominic again in Aruba, Long yes. Live the King. Really? He smoked it on the boat. And he's like, yo, that cigar was amazing. Oh, well, I had yeah. no idea about that. This wasn't planned. <laughs> this just happened to be. I picked up a bigger stick because we're doing a giveaway later. I said, this will last me till the giveaway. Wow. That's funny. Yeah, because he gave me this cigar and I tra- and I gave him that cigar in return. What are the odds, man? Small world. Yeah, I didn't think of that. It was, yeah, it was a good trade. Oh. I enjoyed it a lot. You smoked it on the boat, right? You guys rented a boat or something for the oh, day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we did a little... Rented out a private boat, went to a sandbar, just kind of hung out, drank, listened to music. Obviously, had to bring a couple of sticks for the ride. And uh, yeah, I remember sending you a little, sending you a little pick. Long live the king! I loved it. I was I was getting a nice tan to the beach, and I got a little bring, and I said, "Oh, it's Dominic. What's he doing?" He's like, "Oh, he's he's smoking a cigar." Again. Long live the king, baby! <laughs> so let's uh, let's cut these, let's light these, and uh, let's uh, let's talk some more. So why we do that? Let's just let's get it going with you know you are the owner of Bespoke, 
So bespoke, yep. bespoke. What is it? What it's all about? You know, um, bespoke. Yeah. Be- I'm sorry, bespoke below. And bespoke um, below. And uh, how'd you get into it? And let's just hear a story about bespoke below. Oh, well, you know, I kind of told you a little bit about you know growing up in an Italian family, and you know just surrounded by good food good drinks and you know obviously you got a lot of italian parties guys smoking cigars and you know everyone's always dressed up looking good you know it's just kind of like part of the culture so you know my grandfather he always dressed up you go and look in his closet the guy's got suits everywhere everywhere it's like a, a store it's insane and so i always appreciated clothing and you know kind of graduated college, joined the workforce and just was behind a desk. And, you know, I said to myself, I go, I do not belong behind a desk. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be just this little, you know, cube monkey, 500 emails. And I started looking for opportunities where I could be meeting with people face to face and just having more of that personal interaction. And I got connected with a gentleman who had his own private custom clothier and you know we had a coffee and we're talking i had a full suit on and he tells me he goes you know what i actually got a gig i think you might like and sure enough it was a custom clothing company you go and you meet with people and you know you visit face to face and then you're in the office out of the office and i loved it and i worked there for a year and a half And then, you know, kind of at the end of the day, you sit back and look at yourself and you go, you know what, I love what I'm doing, but I would love to just be doing this for myself. And that's when I just took the leap and decided I'm going to go off, start my own brand, build the empire and run with it. And that's kind of just how, that's how Bespoke Below, you know, how I got to where I am now. Uh, Initially, it was going to be you know, more of a store with an underground speakeasy. And then that's where the whole below came from. And, uh, you know, bespoke essentially means to be made for you. So, you know, you could have a a pair of shoes made for you. You could have a bespoke hat. So that was like the whole bespoke below. And then I just decided to kind of cut the store and just go and stick with meeting with people in their homes, their office, and it actually worked out good because six months later, COVID hit. And if I would have had a store, that store wouldn't be doing too hot. Wow. Yeah, see, everything happens uh, for a reason. So so Bespoke Below is pretty pretty recent. So you only started within the last year or so. Uh, so actually, uh, it's been a little bit over two and a half years. Okay. So, so you yeah, started no, it's, around it's, the same time we started the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, so if you started about two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago was that like the summer of twenty nineteen ish? Summer of yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was July of twenty nineteen. I think it was. Same as us, my same man. as us, same time. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> That's what the, do you know? So how that? It's funny because I I like I like to think about you know how people's paths where they start and how they like intertwine. Right? Yeah. I really like to think about that stuff. So when you go back is you started bespoke below in July, 2019, we started the podcast July, 2019, right? 
Now think about all the stuff yeah. that happened in the last two and a half years, right? <laughs> With imagine if COVID didn't happen, then you would have went, you would have got married sooner, you would have went on a different honeymoon, right? But it did happen. Imagine we didn't start the pot, like all these things that happened to now you guys meet and now boom, we're on our podcast that we started two and a half years ago, talking about his company he started <laughs> two and a half years ago. It's bizarre, right? How shit kind of just lines up. It's crazy how just certain little things are going to dictate your path. And one change just totally changes the whole path. Absolutely. It's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Because, I mean, I mean, when we were first talking down at Ruba, I mean, we were clicking on all the cylinders. You know, like you were telling your story. I was like, man, I love that. I was telling you my stuff. You're like, dude, I love that. And I was like, man, we just got to get on the podcast and just record this because this is – this is bizarre. Like, I remember you when you sent me like, dude, I just met this guy. He's getting, we're getting on the podcast. He's getting on the podcast. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Because I mean, it, it was, sure. I mean, it's everything. It's cigars. It's it's custom clothing. It's just having a good time. It's food. It's drinks. I mean, like, it's all the shit we talk about. It's all we shit we love to do. I mean, how, how can you have a bad like? How can you have a bad day when you put on a bespoke suit? You pour yourself a bourbon or a scotch. You light up a cigar, hanging out with the boy. How are, you, how are you in a bad mood doing that? You're not. It's impossible. You, you can't be. You can't be. Right. And that's that's kind of like a day in the life for me. You know, it's I go to my clients. I go to their home. We look at some fabrics. We might pour ourselves a nice glass of wine. We design some cool stuff. And then we close up the books. We might spark up a cigar. Some of my clients, you know, it, it turns into like a four-hour thing. We're having dinner. We're cooking. And... It's like a whole ordeal. That's, we're going to have to uh, either you're going to have to come to New York or we're going to have to go to Chicago because I need a couple suits made. So <laughs> this, this is this is a custom one right here. This is from our guy Khan Taylor out in fucking Hong Kong. So we need we need a couple more. We're a little bit closer by. I, I've always I've always had this idea for a, a smoking jacket or or a suit, whatever. But I've always had this idea and I've yet to find somebody to do it. And I want I'm going to shoot this idea and I want to know if you can do it. I've always wanted a smoking jacket with the liner that has pictures like cigars and ashtrays and cutters and all like inside the jacket. I've always wanted Done. one, but everybody I go like they Done. can't find that fabric. You Done. can do that? Done. Done. Dude. I've got it. I've got <laughs> Dude. It. Like a velvet like a velvet smoking jacket. Almost like a tuxedo jacket, yeah. but like a dinner jacket, but the inside's got the liner in it. You didn't even hesitate. Oh gosh, Done. dude. I just went from six I'll to be midnight. On the next flight. Let's go. Let's go. Jump on the red eye. I fucking love it. That's amazing. Make a pit stop in Vegas. What? Hey, hey! Don't don't tempt me with a good time. Don't tempt me with a good. Don't even tempt this guy with a good time. Yeah, right. I'm gonna start getting in trouble here. I know. Yeah, why are you going out to Vegas? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's a pit stop. It's the only connection they had. It's the only connection they had, man. Yeah. So you got to go to Vegas to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, listen, yeah, listen. Yeah. I know it's complicated, but the way that the planes work and you, you, COVID like, airlines, it's, it's too detailed. I want to get into it. I could explain it, but you know, I told the guys you should have never booked Spirit Airlines. It's all Eric's fault. They got me rerouted. What do you want me to do? It's sorry. It's a it's a business meeting. It's business. You it's say, you know, it was actually cheaper for us to both meet in Vegas than it was for him to fly to JFK. So, like, you know, <laughs> it, just, it just had to happen. So now, uh, so, I mean, like even on your Instagram, like on your bespoke below Instagram, even on your personal Instagram, you know, every picture you were in a suit, but it's also like you have a cigar like in all of your pictures. So, like, you're not just like a casual cigar guy. Like, you're pretty into cigars. How did, where did that come about? 
Oh man, we're we're gonna have to turn back the tables a little bit here. <laughs> uh, I would say I, I started at a younger age than most, and you know, my dad definitely enjoys cigars. He likes it, you know, more for summertime or for the special occasion. But it would be funny because you know when we're growing up, my dad would would say, "Oh, I only have them when it's a special occasion." But when you got a lot of cousins. It's always somebody's birthday. It's always a barbecue. I'm like, it's always a special occasion. But so, you know, just kind of like growing our up around like uncles and, you know, my dad would have some cigars. Definitely piqued my interest. And then, you know, when I was little, I'd probably be like, you know, you know, 13, 14 years old. I'd be like, come on, let me get a little puff. Let me try. Let me get a little, let me try it. Let me try it. And then he'd be like, all right, all right. You know, give me a little taste and, like, do you like it? I was like, yeah. And then that kind of turned into, you know, when I was in middle school, you'd get off the bus early, parents weren't home yet, go ride your bike to the forest, go with your buddies, light up a little cigar, run home, make sure you take a quick shower, wash all your clothes, spray all down. Really? And, you know, that's kind of, oh, yeah, that, that was, that's when I was like, you know, doing the duck and dodge and that you know and uh usually you hear people ducking and dodging about like smoking pot you know (laughs) running to the florist to smoke cigars (laughs) well yeah you know when you're like 14 years old and you're trying to you know you know smoke a philly and you know you're hiding it (laughs) but uh you know honestly then like as i've grown older and matured you know i started trying more cigars and you know really getting into different styles and finding ones that I like. And, you know, a bunch of my buddies, they all like to smoke cigars. So we kind of find ourselves hanging out in the summer, just relaxing and smoking. It's just been this kind of, you know, growth over time of just getting into and appreciating a nice, fine cigar. And, and, if, and I mean, it fits in perfectly with your, you know, your, your occupation and the way you make money. Cause I mean, Suits and cigars as like coffees and milk. So, I mean, it's, it's perfect for you. Oh, yeah. So, let me ask you this. So, how many of your clients smoke cigars? I would imagine, you know, a, a good portion of them probably enjoy cigars as well. That's a good question. I, I would say there's definitely a good handful that will smoke them. And, you know, but like the ones that truly, truly enjoy it, I would say is... It's kind of probably about like 25%. Okay. Because I do work – because I mean I work with a lot of different people. I mean I work with guys that are you know, business owners, restaurant owners, construction workers. It's not just necessarily the ritzy high-end guys. It's you know anyone can be my client. Do you get a lot of business from the cigar lounge? Um, I definitely – I would say – it is a great place to meet people because, you know, if you're the guy that walks into a cigar lounge and you got a full suit on, it's definitely a conversation starter. It's definitely a piece. And if I see somebody that has a nice jacket on, I'm definitely going to go up to them, talk to them up for clothing and kind of see where they get their stuff from. And, you know, it's a great place to meet people. Yeah. Cause I can imagine like in a, so, especially if you're, you know, in Chicago or like in New York city, right where we are, is you go into a cigar lounge in the city, in a big city, there's a lot of business guys that are having a cigar. There's a lot of, you know, business owners that are having cigars, probably dressed in suits or, or sport coats, whatever. 
So I can imagine going into a cigar lounge in a big city, you can find a lot of business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially too, you know, if you pop into a cigar lounge at, you know, 2 p.m., who is in a cigar lounge at 2 p.m.? It's usually somebody that has the flexibility in their schedule, more of a business owner Mm -hmm. to kind of take a break in the middle of the day versus, you know, you got your nine to five, you know, might not always be the best client. Yeah, the nine to fives typically are Friday at like four thirty or five o'clock or six o'clock. They got a bunch of guys that come down, yeah. bottles scotch, and then you know, I know there's a, yeah. in our cigar lounge, there's a group of guys that come down every Friday, all business guys. They come down in their suits, bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, and like, and uh, they have they have a good time. But you're right, more like two o'clock in the afternoon. The guys that are, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a long lunch. I'm gonna go to the <laughs> right. <laughs> That's usually you. That's usually me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like all the time, and they're like, Justin, what do you? Don't you ever go to the? I'm like, no, I'm work. I'm right here. I'm working. What do you mean you're working? This is I'm, my office. I, I'm, my laptop's open. My phone's on. I'm yeah. working. I mean, it's a, it's like almost like a library. I mean, it's kind of for the most part, it's not a loud spot. I mean, you can do work. You can concentrate. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? So like, there's no reason that if you got a quiet office, you can work in a quiet. And there's a lounge. spot like in our in our lounge that's it's kind of a hallway, and you would think the hallway has a lot of foot traffic and stuff, but Nobody's sitting there talking in the hallway. So they have a, a, a like a long table that's kind of against the wall where they have the, some TVs and some outlets. You can pull up shop right there and, and do your work, and it's not very loud. It's either in the front or in the back where the hallway connects. Those are the loud spots. Yeah. It's on a Friday night, but if you're during the day, it's, it's not really that loud. Hey, listen, I study for my real estate my real estate test in the cigar lounge. You know, just, yeah, just yeah. call it just call it that way. I, I would honestly argue to say that a cigar lounge would be more quiet than a coffee shop. Yes. If you think about it. I mean, because, you know, you got people making their orders. They're going to be on their phone. Like, you know, even when I was in a lounge here, when I heard people talking on their phone and they had their AirPods in, they're not like yapping or trying to, you know, talk. They're kind of being more respectful to the people in the lounge. And yep. they're a lot more quiet and often keeping to themselves. So I would say to focus and just kind of have a cigar and just decompress, get in the zone. It would honestly be a great place just to get your work done. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I a hundred percent. I do it sometimes like, cause I work from home and sometimes like, you know, I'm going to change the scenery up. Now you can't, you know, you can't do the same thing. So I change the, go to the cigar lounge, light up a cigar. I mean, for something like we talk about how cigars make you feel good. Like you feel better. Like I've never had a cigar and felt worse. Like yeah. maybe if you have a bad cigar and you upset stomach, whatever. Oh, I have. You know, and, and but most of the time, ninety five percent of the time, when you have a cigar, especially you're dressed to the nines, you're sitting down, you feel good, right? It makes you feel good. So if I'm feeling good, then the work that I'm doing is going to be good. You know, if you feel like shit, the work you're doing is going to be shit. So they kind of go hand in hand. Like I said, cookies and milk, man. Cookies and milk. Do you have like a niche or like a target audience that you go for for your, you know, for Bespoke Below? Is there like a certain industry or type of person that you look for? Yeah, I, would, I mean, there's definitely people that are my bread and butter versus, you know, for instance, real estate. A lot of real estate agents, they like to dress good and they have to be very presentable when they meet with their clients, especially if you got a guy that's doing million dollar listings. He's not really going to walk in and, you know, beat up gym shoes and ripped jeans. It just doesn't really fit the profile. So, you know, real estate is definitely a huge part of my business. And then additionally, you got your classic finance guys 
and lawyers, but that's shifted a little bit also because a lot of people are working from home and they're doing, you know, virtual courtrooms and zoom calls. So I've definitely pivoted my business a lot more into the wedding industry and, you know, marketing to that clientele and getting them to understand you can go to men's warehouse and, you know, rent a suit for 200 bucks, or we can get you a custom suit. It's going to fit you nice. You're not going to be having the big football pads on the side and the big baggy fit. It's got a hole in it, probably some juices from some other guy or some broad, you know, and just getting them to understand the value of how crisp and how clean they're going to look on the most important day of their life. So I've definitely pivoted a lot into that industry. And then, you know, getting people to understand we can make you a suit you'll wear it on your wedding and you'll be able to wear that suit again. Versus if you rent a suit, you're going to look like shit. You're going to feel like shit and you're not going to get to wear that shit ever again. Facts. Facts. Yeah, we're we're going to, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have to have a talk because I'm getting married in September and I want to look mink. Okay. I want to look like a, like a boss. Like I own the joint. Okay. So we're going to have to have a conversation. That's for sure. Cause I mean, I was, I was, as you were saying before, you know, with the other, the other clientele that you go after, like lawyers and stuff like that, you know, they, they do a lot of the, the home stuff. So I don't know, maybe like you yeah. only sell them like half. So maybe like a shirt and a jacket <laughs> and they wear gym shorts underneath, but you know, that could yeah. still be a good target market, you know, just sell them half a suit instead of nothing. But it, you make a good point with, um, with renting versus like buying a suit or a tuxedo because, you know, if you rent a tuxedo or a suit four times out of the year, it's probably a good anywhere from eight to a thousand bucks. If you just buy one that fits you perfect, that can last you years. Right. And that's and that's the return exactly. on investment. Yeah, especially like exactly. um like if it's a traditional like black tuxedo. And if you go to any black tie events or you're gonna be going to future, you know, weddings, especially if you have kids, you're gonna have to wear if you how many kids you got, you have to wear that, however many kids you have. So if you get a, a Black tux, traditional black tux, or any traditional black suit or something. Like your your point, you're gonna wear that so many times. Yeah. Granted, you know you don't put on a couple lbs and you can't fit into it anymore, but you're gonna wear that more times than it will cost you. Okay, for the one time you bought it, you're gonna wear it for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and yeah. we learned the we learned a good lesson from um, George Labota from Gents Lounge. We had him on the podcast a okay. couple, yeah. couple years ago. And he told us something about cost per wear. And he was saying, like, you know, a pair of Louis Vuitton, uh, Louis Vuitton, you know, slip-ons with their freaking spikes cost $5,000. But you wear them once a year for New Year's. Not really a good cost per wear. But if you buy a suit for $1,000 and you wear it 10 times a year, that's $100 per wear. You know, for a, five years. For five years. Yeah. You know, do you, do you yeah. have some kind of analysis? Do you, like, tell your clients, like, a cost per wear, like, per wear analysis type of thing? So I don't have a cost per wear analysis, but what I definitely try to explain to my clients is the versatility of the garment. So if I'm working with somebody new and they, you know, they, they point to the purple suit or the really bold pattern, you know, I will tell them, I go, listen, this is awesome. There ain't no question about it. You're going to wear this. People are going to love it. I go, but you're going to wear it to your wedding in a couple months and then you're going to wear it to another wedding and then you're going to have another event 
And then before you know it, it's going to be like, hey, there's Johnny in that purple suit again. I go, you're going to just stand out. Let's make you a solid blue suit, not too bright, but not too dark and boring. Any shirt and tie combo you throw at it is going to work out great. You want to wear the jacket separately? Boom, you got a nice blue blazer, rock that with some jeans, shirt, v-neck. You're going to have a lot of different looks and a lot of different use. Let's start here and then build from there. And I explained to them, I go, listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither was my closet and neither is your closet. So let's start and we'll, you know, work our way up. So I try to explain that to people and then they, you know, start to have a lot more trust in the process versus me just trying to, you know, sell them a suit and just, you know, really, you know, be kind of a consultant to them. Yeah. And I can, I can imagine like, especially if somebody is starting from scratch and trying to build a wardrobe, going for those super bold colors like you said, isn't very versatile. If you go in, like we've talked about before, is if you're trying to start, you start, you know, black, blue, gray, tan. If you get all four of those suits, you have unlimited options to create yeah. different outfits, right? Like right now, he's got a tan suit, but he's wearing it with jeans and a black turtleneck, right? Take the same tan suit, put a white shirt on it with a red tie, perfect. Put a blue shirt on, right? You have so many different options. So to go for right off the bat, go for the big, bold one, not very, not a smart move. Go for the... the the solid colors first, and then okay, then you'll have that one suit that's like your fifth or sixth suit, yeah. right? How, how do you feel about the the turtleneck blazer or sport jacket combo? I'm a big fan of this look. I'm not sure how you feel about it. I will say it's a very distinguished look that can be pulled off by the right gentleman in the right way. So the way that you're doing it looks good. Now there's ways in which you can come off where you're just trying too hard. It's got to be very simple, very clean. You know, if you were to have right now a big bright red turtleneck and you got that jacket, it just your looks like you're just mixing and mashing. When you're doing a turtleneck, keep it sleek, keep it clean, keep it simple. That's the best way to do it. I like don't try it. and just you know what I mean. You don't want to overdo it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of like. I like this jacket with like black. I don't. I like the black and like the khaki or the black and like tan look. So that's what I'm trying to go for. You're a big tan jacket guy. I do. You're I like a big it. tan jacket guy. I do. Well, it goes I, good. Yeah, it goes good with tell. your olive colored skin, man. I know. I, you know <laughs> Dominic knows. You know, we got olive oil pouring out of the skin constantly. So you know, you got good skin complexion. It works. Dude, it, it, it does but, work for but you. But right? I, I do have to ask you. You know, I didn't bring one. Yes. I didn't bring one, but. Uh, I brought like short sleeve button downs, but I didn't bring one button down, one pair of nice dress pants or slacks, not one sports coat down to Aruba. I mean, he walks down for breakfast. He's like in dress pants and like, you know, like, well, like he, a, a he's his own blazer. Bill, he's, his, he's a walking billboard for his yeah, brand. You gotta, you gotta. I respect it. So I wanted to ask, like, how do you travel with all that clothing? Like, is there a secret? Do you have a big suitcase or you have like a sleek suitcase? How does that work? definitely a couple little tricks of the trade uh i might get you know shot by the airlines but i'll take that risk uh definitely you're going to want to have a garment bag so i give all my clients a garment bag with their order so it's included and you know what i'll do is i'll pack as much of my sport coats dress shirts dress slacks all in that garment bag 
And if I have just a single jacket, I'll try and use that same hanger for a pair of pants as well. So you got the pants and the jacket, keep it as thin as possible. And depending on how long the trip is, try and go for more versatile options that you can mix and match with. Design, you don't need to bring as much. And then when I go on the plane, I either do one or two options. If you politely ask the stewardess to hang it in their closet, they do have a secret closet that not a lot of people know about, mm -hmm. but it's, it's definitely the way you ask. Because if you just stick it in her face and say, put this in a closet, she's going to tell you to get to the back of the plane. <laughs> but if you ask nicely, they will. Um, if perchance it's full, you just fold that in half, sew it up on top. And then right when I get to my destination, I immediately take everything out and hang it all up. And then I'll, you know, whatever I'm going to wear the night, the night of, I'll kind of give it a fresh steam. See that's a, that's a good yeah. tip because that's a great I, that's something I just learned that that's a great because I do I I have I do the same thing I have a garment bag and I the same I take the hanger and what I'll do is I'll put like a whole outfit so like you have the pants right put the pants in there put the shirt put the jacket in there yep. one hanger and then you might have you know you can fit maybe two especially if you have the big thick uh, shoulder pad hangers I I like those because they hold the the shape of the suit I don't put them on regular hangers because then you get like especially if you have broad shoulders you get the the freaking points on the top of your yeah. yes. don't like that. Yes. So, but most people think that you, you're kind of boarding the plane. Like I'll have my carry on, my little carry on luggage. Then I have my laptop bag or my backpack. And then you have the garment bag and people are like, that's too many items. But like, yeah, but watch. And then you put, you know, your backpack under the seat, your bag up top. And then you're right. You ask them, excuse me, do you, uh, would you mind putting this in the, uh, in the closet for me, please? I don't want it to get wrinkled up top. And they go, yeah, sure. No problem. So I just brought on three carry-ons when they only allowed one. So. I, I wish I knew that. Yeah. I wish I knew that. You definitely – that would be playing with fire, I will say. Because technically, they do count it as a bag. So you got to be a, a fucking master to do the three-bag, one-plane Do it every action. time. <laughs> got to have a way with words. I gotta do it smile. every time. Because yes. I – see, I, I fucked up because I had to go to <laughs> – a wedding in San Antonio right before we went down to Aruba. My buddy, I was going to his wedding in San Antonio. He originally, the year before, asked me to be in his, in, a groomsman in his in his party, uh, in his wedding party. But I couldn't because we were getting married at the same time. I'm like, dude, I just can't handle all that. But like two or three weeks before he invited me uh, to the wedding, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, uh, my cousin from Mexico can't make it. You mind being my groomsman? I'm like... <laughs> Okay, and I was gonna wear like I was just gonna wear like you know like a, a, a tan or a blue suit, and um, I was like, okay, well, I said my black suit I just literally just like grew out of like my black jacket doesn't fit me anymore, so I had to run to Express, I had to find like a suit, and luckily there was a good sale going on. I bought a suit for like three hundred bucks, but on the plane I brought the garment bag and I just kind of just shoved it up in the freaking carry on spot, and when I got to the hotel room, it was all like squished and wrinkly so it took like 30 minutes like ironing it out and if i knew that little fun fact because i said myself a lot of right. time they always have the closet man but like, he's right you have to ask night and it's also too if you like jump on a plane and you're kind of like ah you're like all disheveled your sweatpants sweatshirt whatever like all right, right they're gonna be like no but if you're like dread business outfit like because i you know when you travel for, i traveled for work i did this all the time is business outfit and you say, uh, would you mind putting these in there? I have some suits in here. I don't want them to get wrinkled, whatever. 
No problem. Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll put them up in here. Who knows what COVID would be like? Oh, it might have COVID on I it. Know. You know, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. <laughs> Give us three quick tips um, for guys that are looking to, let's say, bump up their, their fashion game. Kind of take it to the next level. Three quick okay. tips you have for them. Three quick tips. I will say quality over quantity all day, every day. Don't just go out and buy, you know, 20 just crappy articles or cheaper pieces. If you invest in something that's more quality, it's going to last you longer and it's going to look a lot better. And I'd rather have a few less pieces than just have a bunch of crap. I would say, you know, and then, you know, as I said before, it's a process. So just slowly invest and always go for something nicer, especially in terms of your shoes you get crappy shoes, your feet are going to hurt. And then I would say also, you know, tip number two, go with versatile pieces. Just don't, you know, go for the flashiest piece because you're going to want to be able to wear this in different ways. Because you're only doing a few pieces, you want to be able to wear them frequently in different, you know, fashions. And then I would say another one of the most important tips would be fit. If it doesn't fit, you could have a $10,000 suit, but if it doesn't fit, it looks like crap. So always make sure the fit is clean and have a good tailor on hand that you trust and know does good work. And it's worth it just to get any alterations because it's going to be – it's just going to look a lot better. Yeah, there's, there's there's nothing worse than having like a button down and you get the parachute out of the back. Yeah. I I mean that yeah, doesn't yeah. happen anymore, but growing up, I used you know – Growing up in the 2000s, you had baggy clothes. So all the pictures I look back on, I'm wearing button downs and I got like parachutes coming out of my pants. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? That looks terrible. And I would also, I would say too that with like make sure stuff, your clothes fit, not even, you know, along with the suits and the, and the, the slacks and the button ups, button downs, but make sure like your sweaters, your t shirts, long sleeve shirts, that stuff, make sure that that fits too and find, you know, it might have a little, it might take you a little, you know, guess and check, you know, trial and error, but find a brand that the shirt fits you nice. Find a sweater that where it fits you nice because that can, you know, that can ruin it too. If you get the same thing, you have a sweater that's just kind of bulky, it's not going to look yeah. good. And another thing is, you know, a lot of time I see guys that are, they wear a size too big because they want it to be loose and like, you know, comfortable. I said, try sizing down because- Sometimes, you know, they don't want it. They're like, ah, I'm not a medium. I'm like, no, you might be a medium, dude. Like, I know you're, you say you're love, but try medium. And then they try it and like, wow, this fits really good. I said, yeah. And you look nice and slim. You actually look slimmer when you size down as opposed to having this big, huge, bulky shirt. Can't tell that to Michael Jordan in the 90s. I mean, everyone wore baggy suits in the 90s. <laughs> no. I mean, you look. Um, kind of a little, little trip, like a little trick tip kind of that you can do for sizing is always reference the size sheet and size guide for a company. So if you're going to go and you're going to buy a shirt or you're going to buy even some just like casual wear, look at the size guide because oftentimes they'll have finished measurements that can give you an idea of what's going to be the best fit. And also just buy a tape measure off Amazon for, you know, a dollar or $2 have somebody take your chest, your waist, and see what your actual measurements are before you just start, oh, I think I'm a medium. Then you order the medium, it comes in, then you got to send it back. You know your size, you know your fit. 
How do you, how how do Save you measure point. your you know just for the people out there? How do you measure your chest with like a, like a tape measure, like the 16 and a half neck and all that? How do you just literally take a, a measuring tape around your neck and just measure it? Uh, so the best thing to do is you call me and you book an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Come over to your house. I measure you up. Bottle of wine, <laughs> stogies in hand. Always be yeah. selling. Always be closing. ABC, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I love that. Uh there are a lot of different, you know, you can just do like a Google search, but you know, in terms of the chest, you want to capture the fullest part. You always want to capture the fullest part of every measurement. You know, sometimes I'll be measuring somebody up and I trying to get over the stomach and they start sucking in and I go, are you going to be sucking in the whole time you're wearing this jacket? <laughs> I don't think so. Relax, relax. So always capture the fullest part with whatever measurement you're taking and just classic measure three times cut once measure three times and cut once yeah i've heard that before have you and i always heard too that you always you know if you're looking if you're going to get something tailored you always buy to your biggest feature so if you have like broad shoulders right and you're looking for a jacket it's always it's you can always take it in but you can't add more cloth that's not there so if you buy one that's like all right it fits my arms but it doesn't fit your shoulders you can't add more mm. To you, very little bit can you open it up. But like, if you have by to your shoulders and the sleeves are too long, you can always take the sleeves in. You can always take in the 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 waist, right? Because that's what I do is with the broad shoulder, I have to get the, the waist ta- taken in. So you always buy the bigger one and get it taken. Unless you get go to this guy yep. and you go to Dom and say, "Hey, listen, bottle of wine, box of stogies. I'm going to make it for you custom." How you doing? A- that B- is true. ABC baby. It's, it's always easier to take in than to let out. That's a it's a great point. Yeah, I, I actually. But then bespoke, right? But then you go bespoke and go bespoke below, baby. There is no, there is no, yeah. you know, taking in to buy this off the rack, taking in. This is I'm gonna measure you up, and here you go, fits like a glove. One time, one, one time. kill, one one time. That's it. One shot, one kill. What's I will kill? say though, when you get a bespoke clothing, something that's like so, you get spoiled. For people that don't know, right? There's you t- there's yeah. they're tailored, right? You can get it off the rack and it's tailored, or you get the bespoke, which is. It's the the garment is made for your measurements. It's not like they take one and they tailor it. They make it for your measurements. When you put one of those on, I'm telling you, man. Oh, this, this is my this is my first like bespoke jacket that I ever got. This was from I don't know. Um, when we when we meet him in the city, that was like 2016 or yeah, so. That's a long time ago. So I had this jacket for all you know over five years and. As soon as it like, as soon as you put it on, you get that little tight feel, and it just snugs yeah. your body. I'm telling you, man, like there's no better yeah, feeling. There's no better feeling. And when you get when you get your shirts and it, and it fits to your wrist perfectly, and it and it fits right across your chest and your stomach, and it's just nice and tight. Like oh God, it's just like you never you can never go back. I can't go to Marshalls anymore and buy a button down. That's it. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I go, listen. I go. The only downside of working with me is you're not gonna want to buy. Buy anything else. You're gonna you're gonna look at all your other clothes and you're just gonna hate them. I go, I'm sorry, but that's just kind of the the other end of the sword. That's that's all it is. No, and you're right because there's I, I have a bunch of jackets in there, and you there, you know maybe there's eight jackets, eight to ten, but you I only wear you know like four or five of them because those are the ones. The other ones like okay, yeah, they're nice. And occasionally you throw them on, but they don't fit like the bespoke yeah. ones fit. No, they don't. So I'm like, I don't want to wear them because that one fits. I I know how I feel when I put it on. I'm not gonna wear the other one. Now, being that you you own a bespoke 
clothing company do you like get do you just constantly make yourself your own suits and pants and jackets like do you just spoil yourself with all types of high fashion clothes you know people ask me they're like you know how you probably got about a million suits and i'm like you know i would love a million suits but it also costs me money to make these things so i can't just be just shelling out left (laughs) and right you know i do got to eat a little bit um but I do, you know, you know, every couple times a season, I'll make some new fresh things for myself, get some new designs, get some fun things in the mix. So I do find myself, you know, throughout the year, I'm putting in, you know, little orders for myself and little designs. Or if I have a particularly a special trip coming up, you know, I got a wedding in March that I'm going to. I'm definitely going to get some, you know, tropical designs and some lightweight fabrics to wear for that that I'll wear in the summer as well. But it is kind of a twofold because, you know, you gotta be, can't just be making clothes all the time. So, so talk about, so talk about the, uh, the different fabric. You mentioned that lightweight fabrics for, um, you know, obviously some of the summers or if you're in a tropical area. So talk about what fabrics would you wear, you know, should you look for, for the summer? What fabrics should you look for, for the winter? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in Aruba, I had some pants that were a blend and they were wool, silk and linen. Something like that is going to be great for a tropical destination because the linen is going to allow it to breathe a lot better. And then that silk is going to give it a nice soft luster. And then the wool is going to give it more of that performance. So if you have a nice blend like that, Anything along the lines of a cotton, a linen are going to be a great lightweight fabric to wear for warmer destinations. And then, you know, you want your jacket to be unconstructed or half lined where it's just making it a lot more lightweight. And then in the winter, you're going to want to go for, you know, more of a three-piece suit, flannel weight fabrics, some cashmere's fabrics that have a little bit more heavier weight to them that are going to keep you obviously warmer. And, and you would recommend going like a full have, line, like a full line jacket for, um, for a suit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For, so you said for, uh, for like the warmer climates, you would go half lined jacket, but then for the yeah. warmer climates, you would recommend full line. I imagine. Yeah. You'd want a full lined, um, but it, you know, it also kind of depends too. Like me personally, I like to half line some of my coats because I run warm. So yeah, it might not keep me as cold when I'm walking outside, but then when I jump inside, I'm going to be a little bit more comfortable, a little more relaxed. So you could kind of go both ways with it. But if you want to stick to one solid rule, you're going to want to have a full line jacket for those warmer months and half line for summer. Do do you see a trend? Like, do you see a trend in like, guys wearing suits and you know people in general just wearing nice clothes like you know back in the 50s 60s 70s and all that jazz you know you wore a suit to go to the grocery store to go to work every single day now today you know you go, you work at google and you're in gym shorts and a tank top guys going to grocery store in uggs yeah exactly you know crying. yeah so oh, do, God. do you see like a trend like shifting more towards people dressing more nicer i guess bad you know how it used to be do you see any kind of trend like that so i see it in certain little niches so it is sad in the aspect of you know you'll go on a plane 
and you know you've got guys that are they just look like they're homeless and they just have they're not carrying themselves at all and they just look disgusting and they got wrinkly pants so you know kind of in that public eye i've seen a lot of you know a downward spiral because people are getting too comfortable and too casual but then where i've seen some of the flip side is you've seen a lot of professional athletes where it's like a fashion show. These guys are wearing full suits, game day, traveling, and that's become a lot more popular where now people want to distinguish themselves. They want to look more unique. They want to have bold patterns, fun suits. And then that translates into, you know, more of your average Joe that goes, well, you know what? I see all these athletes, they're dressing up. They got suits. You know, I want to look sharp too. So it's kind of like you're seeing both ends of the spectrum. You're seeing some people that are just not caring as much. And then you're seeing other people that are looking at others on a higher level and wanting to imitate that as well. So it's kind of, you just got, it's like both sides I'm seeing right now. Yeah. I mean, definitely in the professional athlete world, you see a lot more of those guys today, like dressed to the friggin' nines. Like you do see some that are quite eccentric with their outfits. And I'm like, mm, might want to dial that back a little bit. Yeah. You know, some, you do have <laughs> the guys who are very bold, but you know, for the most, like, you know, McGregor wore that, that pinstripe suit that said, fuck you all the way down. Like that was, yeah. that was cool. Like, that, that was kind of bold. That was sick. But you would never yeah, know. Just like, yeah, but then you see, you know, LeBron James with the the short, the, the gray suit and the shorts, and I'm like, he's way too tall to be rocking a suit with with a, a short suit, you know, with <laughs> shorts on him. It, it just it looked weird, you know. And the people that liked it are, you know, they're they're just they have no idea what they're talking. They're they're a different breed. Oh, like, what about that one? They're a different inter- breed. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like when I saw that suit, I'm like, dude, listen, I don't care. You know, it, okay, if it's the you see on the latest fashion trend, you know, fashion week, whatever, and it got shorts. There is no business wearing shorts with a suit. Suits have pants and a jacket. Okay. Do, do you are you do you like the 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 guys who wear suits and then the pants are kind of like capris where they have like it like shows like their whole ankle and they wear no like no shot like socks or shoes like. Do you do you so, align with that or? So I'm in the hybrid space. So a lot of guys that are in the, like the very classic menswear, they do not agree with the no show socks. They feel you should always have the socks with the shoe and the pants. You know, have a nice break. Me, I like a nice in between. So I do like a shorter pant with you know virtually no break, but it also has a nice taper at the bottom. And when it's hot out, I don't want socks that are going up over my calf. It's too hot. So I go with a nice loafer, uh, you know, a Gucci, to boot New York, Ferragamo, something sleek, throw on a no-show sock, tapered pant, but I'm not doing a Capri. Yeah, yeah so I, I, agree. I, 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 I can agree. agree with that. I agree with that. I'd even done like sometimes where – like when we went to uh, Carnegie Club and I had worn um, – uh, they were white skinny jeans. So I had the white skinny jeans and I had loafers with, with no show socks, right? But the skinny jeans, they hug your ankle. They're not capris. They come all the way down to the ankle. So you can see kind of like the top of your foot and a little bit of your ankle. And then you put on a nice button up and a sport yeah. coat. But I've rocked that sometimes. We have the skinny jeans that are really hugging your leg and it looks great with loafers. So I kind of, I agree with that. I'm not doing capris. I actually, I have a couple pairs, but it's more, those would be more of 
like a summer barbecue. And I wear the capri with a pair of loafers and like a polo. Yeah. But I'm not wearing a capri suit. Speaking of that, when whenever you do come to New York City, you gotta you gotta come with us to the Coney Club because you'll fit you'll fit right in. I don't know I don't know how many times you've been to New York City, but the Coney Club is the premier spot yeah. for cigar lounge the, in the city. The comedy club? The Carnegie Club. Carnegie Club. Like Andrew, the Carnegie. Yeah, like Carnegie. Andrew, okay. Yeah, like Carnegie okay. Hall. So the Carnegie Club. Yeah. So but it's like a really it it reminds me of like it's not a speakeasy, but you walk in and it's really dim lighting and it's like an old school library. They got a bar and it, red velvet carpeting. Red velvet and, yeah, carpeting. Like, they have Sinatra Saturdays. They got like this one guy who's been doing Sinatra covers for like twenty years. Sounds exactly like him. Like you, you close <laughs> your eyes and you'll think you're like in 1960 listening to him at the freaking concert. Like it's amazing. And he has a and he has a band too. It's not just like he's singing off of a, a record. He's got a band. Yeah, no. And they are wow. top of the line and it's just great that you know you're hanging out, everybody's there, everybody's dressed to the nines. Yes, it's the best spot in the city. All right. So Vegas, then Carnegie Club, and then what's what's where do you go from there? <laughs> this is the Vegas Carnegie Club. Oh man, maybe the Burn Down Podcast. Yeah, then you go to the Burn Down Stew. Yeah, the Burn Down Studio, <laughs> and, then, and then just and then just come back to the studio, and then just and come then, back to the studio, and then, and then maybe we we'll go to Insignia Steakhouse. That could that could be the move. That or, could we go, be. or we could go to Lava. Oh, or, or, <laughs> or we can go back into the city and go to Lava. That sounds actually like a better idea. So yeah, what's the best steakhouse in New York? Ooh. Best steakhouse? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. So my my brother from another mother, he is a general manager uh, at a place called Lavo, which is an Italian steakhouse in the city. And they have, in my opinion, not because I'm biased because it's my brother, but in my opinion, it's one of the best steaks I've had in you know in a long time, and one of the best meatballs. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh. Their meatball is like the size of a softball, and it's made with like four different types of meat. It's just out of this world. It's like it's an it's phenomenal. But I always ask him too. I said, you know, with the steak, I said, how do you, you know how do you guys make this steak? Like, why is it so? He goes, it's super simple. He goes, you just get we get very good cuts of meat, and you just over salt and over pepper. He goes, there's no seasoning, yeah. no nothing. He goes, just over salt, over pepper, where you get a nice crust on it. Yeah. Delicious. I mean, there's there's a lot of good um, steakhouses. In, you know, Smith and Walensky's another good one. You got that one. You got Carbones. Uh, Peter. Oh, Lu- Carbones. Yeah. Uh, Remember the one in Vegas. It's 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 good. It's good. There's a, it's hard to say, say which Peter is the Luger's. best because because yeah. they actually said that there are so many restaurants in Manhattan that if you ate at a different restaurant every single day, it would take you like five years. To, to, wow. to go to all of them because there's just so many. So, I think it would definitely take you more than five years. I mean, to think about all the restaurants, if you go to just the high-end the restaurants. The bodegas and everything? Yeah, that's no what I'm way. saying. If you go to just the high-end restaurants, it'll probably take you a year to, to go through all of them because there's so many. So it's kind of hard to say which one's the best, but there are quite a few steakhouses that you get a, a mean yeah. steak, man. Yeah, I mean, you got on Long Island, you got Insignia, you got Paces. Um, I mean, you really can't go wrong. I haven't been or haven't heard too many steakhouses in New York that are like, oh, don't go, like, 
don't go there. Like, stay away. Usually, <laughs> if you go to a steakhouse in New York, you're gonna gonna have a good ex- good experience for sure. Kind of like you go to All an right. Italian joint in New York. Yeah, exactly. If you got any, <laughs> you're gonna get some good Italian. Okay, you can't go wrong. If it's like going, to, it's like going to like the Carolinas or going to Texas and getting bad barbecue. Like, yeah, you're not really gonna, <laughs> gonna happen. That's a great comparison. How are we ordering the steak? That is the question. Medium. How do you guys order it? Medium, 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 medium. medium. Uh, see, I'm medium rare all day. See, I can, I can medium eat. Rare. I all can right. eat. Me, I can eat medium rare. I can eat medium rare. Now, if you said medium well, then we might have to end the podcast. Yeah, a little nothing short. past medium whatsoever. <laughs> nothing past medium. I do. I do my burgers medium well. That's it. Okay. But steaks got to be enough. medium. No, I can do medium rare. I can do medium. It's <clears throat> yeah. That's that's usually it. I'm actually I'm actually going to Benjamin Steakhouse in February for Marissa's birthday. Oh, there, does she know? She does know. Okay, she does know. Per- she knows. She knows now. She knows now. Yeah. She knows now. <laughs> no, no, she knows. Right. I took her there last year. It was phenomenal. So can't go wrong with it. But what about what about Chicago? What are, what are some of the prestigious spots to eat at Chicago? I don't know any. I don't think I know. I've never been to Chicago. I've never been to Chicago either. I told him I want to go there over the I've summer. I've never been to New York, so we need to do a little flip-flop here. We need to do flip-flop. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. So I would say definitely one of the top steakhouses, in my opinion, is going to be Bavette's. So Bavette's, real old-school style spot, speakeasy vibe, very, very dark lit, swanky. You get an old-fashioned, they give you a clear cube. You can see right through it. Nice little slice of the orange. The steak is absolutely phenomenal. Got a perfect caramelized to it. You got to get the Mods Seafood Tower. It's literally like this big. (laughs) And if you got a buddy on the other side, you can't even see him. You got to like eat this thing and finish it before you can see him. But their steak, it's fantastic. Chicago Cut, another great spot. Can't go wrong. And then Maple and Ash. Those are my top three right there. Maple and Ash, very modern, swanky. I'm mean, gonna be dropping some. Cash. I know, my watering over here. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, when I when I was with Dom, he said, "Hey, listen, when you're in Chicago, let me know. I'll give you the best hookups. I'll t- I'll tell you where to go. I'll get you oh. in anywhere." So we got our connect when we do go to Chi Town, Chirac, baby. You come to New York, what? you hook it up. We go to Chi Town, he hooks it up. That's all. It's all about who you know in this world. So, but uh. You know, we're getting to the to the end of the podcast here. So typically at the end, we usually like to give our guests the red carpet, kind of let the people know that are watching and listening, you know, where they can find you on online, on your website, on Instagram. Let them know what's going on. The floor is yours. Give them all the social media. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty easy to find me. I'm not uh, trying to be under the radar for my instagram it's going to be at bespoke below and then for my website it's real simple it's www.bespoke-below.com and then if you want to find me personally i also do a lot of pictures and different looks on my personal page it's just at dom d-o-m calistro c-a-l-i-s-t-r-o and feel free, drop me a DM, give me a call, shoot me a text. I'm also able to make it work remotely as well. I've done it where we have a Skype call, we go through all the measurements together, pick out fabrics. So really, no one's too close or too far away for me to work with them. Love it. Love bang, it, man. Bang, bang. bang. Well, Dom, listen, Boom. 
that is going to do it for us here at the Burn Down. Um, we had a, certainly had a good time talking with you. We hope you enjoyed it as yeah. well. Um, thank you for taking the time to chill with us. Salute. Hey, hey man. Chin. Hey. Chin, chin. Cheers. Salute. Dom, it's good to see you again. Next time, hopefully, yeah. we see you in person. Thanks for coming on the Burn Down, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Appreciate brother. it. Take Thank it you. easy. Cheers.